Welcome to the Cosmic Business Podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer, business coach, and CEO of Weave Your Bliss, a company with the goal to help a million spirit-led entrepreneurs build a cosmic business around their genius so that they can earn wildly well and bankroll the change they want to see in the world. A cosmic business is a new paradigm business that believes in collaboration over competition, building a business around your unique genius, aligning to the planets and your intuition, leading with your values, putting your health and the health of the planet first, treating people fairly and building giving into your business model. Sounds fabulous, right? On this show, I will take you behind the scenes of my thriving multi-six-figure business, including strategy on closing more sales, nurturing your community online, plus astrological insights to optimize your business and life. We'll also feature conversations with spirit-led business owners, creatives, and change makers to inspire you. I'm coming to you from our regenerative farm in rural Maine, my happy place, where we are currently creating space to welcome community for retreat and earth reconnection. Let's jump into the conversation. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I am totally elated to share with you this episode with my guest, Xenia Derwin, who is actually my online business manager, my OBM. We talk in detail in this episode about what an OBM is, what what role she plays in my business, and specifically how she helped me to hire my executive assistant, which some of you may have, maybe you potentially put in an application for, so you can hear the behind the scenes of how we made our decision and how we ran this process. If you are a business owner looking to hire, this is an excellent episode for you because it'll help you understand when you might need different roles and then give you a really good sense of how you can bring those folks on. One thing I want to say is it can be really, really helpful to have a breakdown of the different tasks that your person is going to need to do. So if you're not yet ready to hire, you might open a Google Doc and start taking notes about the different things. Like I would love somebody to respond to emails that are customer service and oriented. I would love somebody who can, you know, send contracts to my clients. I would love for somebody who can put my social media posts up and respond to comments, right? So you would put all of these in a Google Doc, and I would label those by the different types of tasks. Because as you'll hear on this, you'll hear why we separated out some tasks that my VA was doing before. And so what can be really helpful is for you to have a breakdown of what is a customer service task, what is a social media or a tech task, what is an administrative task, because not every person you hire is going to be excellent at all of those things. So that would be a great first step. And then listening to this podcast will give you a sense of how that hiring process can go even more smoothly. Also, Senya is so generous in sharing how you can become an OBM if this sounds interesting to you and you're like, oh, maybe I don't want to necessarily run my own business or I'd rather be more involved in other people's businesses as my business. You can listen for some tips about that as well. So before we jump in and I share more about Xenia's work with you, I want to invite you all to join my year-long high-support Cosmic Business Mastermind. We start on March 4th. And this is the only place to get my one-on-one and very personalized support inside your business, including my eyes on your message, your strategy, your content, your copy. You have me alongside you as you're launching, as you're selling... You have me there when you're struggling with mindset, when you need support around your message and what you're saying, what you're putting out there. I'm also providing you with one-on-one astrology support throughout the year. And you get me there helping you to really make sure your business is attracting those ideal clients with ease. This is like a complete up-level program I am offering to you. The work I've done in my one-on-one containers to date with clients is now 
available in this program only. And I'm taking only 10 folks. So at this point, as of recording, we have several spots still open. I don't know when this actually comes out, how many there will be available, but I definitely recommend booking a call so that you can connect with me and make sure that this is a fit. So what do we do on the call? I look at your birth chart your astrology and to make sure that we're aligned to make sure this is a good fit for you right now. And I also look at the details of your business that you share with me before you book the call. And I'm really curating a group that jives well together that are all in around the same stage of business. Like they've been doing this for a while. They have a lot of skills. Maybe they're not organizing their skills in the best way. Maybe they're feeling a little bit burned out. Maybe they are wanting to get to the next level of expansion. Maybe they want to bring in support. So if you're that person, so maybe you've had a successful launch before, but you really want it to be consistent. These are the different ways you might know that you're a fit for this container. So definitely consider booking a call. I would really, really love to get to know you better and to see if it's a fit. Okay, so more about today's guest. Senya Derwin is more than just a business strategist and an online business manager. She is a dedicated ally for small business owners, working moms, wellness entrepreneurs, and creative minds. With a heart for helping others realize their dreams, Senya combines over 10 years of entrepreneurial savvy with a friendly, approachable style. She's all about making things simpler and more joyful for business owners, teaching them how to streamline their operations, set up systems that really work, and grow a business that's not only profitable, but also flexible. Senia is the go-to person for building a business that thrives on your terms, blending professional growth with well-being. So I hope you enjoy this episode and it's super enlightening for you. This was like a life-changing hiring process. I've never experienced anything like it. So you're about to go on the inside and learn how we did it. Hello, Zinnia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paula. I'm really excited to have you here. So for those who are listening, Zinnia is my OBM, my online business manager, also known as an integrator. And what we're going to talk about today is what the heck that is. And we're going to break down our hiring process and share with you, you know, what went well, what and how you can actually implement this in your own business, whether you're hiring a virtual assistant or anyone else to join you on your team. So welcome, Senia. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation and to share this with all your listeners. Awesome. So why don't we just start with like, what is an OBM? What is this role that has literally changed my life? (laughs) And like, when would somebody know they need one? That's a great question. So... So OBM is an online business manager. There are different ways how this role could be uh, named in a business. Some people say it's a digital manager if you have an online business. Some people say an integrator if they're referring to the EOS um, system. But, you know, most most people know it as OBM, which is online business manager. And online business manager is kind of like the next level from the VA. Usually VAs are, um, there are a lot of similarities between the VA and OBMs. The similarities are that, they're self-employed. They're very skilled technically. They have flexible schedules, somewhat flexible schedules. But the difference between the VA and the OBM is that um, VA is an assistant and OBM is the manager. So a lot of times VAs are waiting for you to tell them what to do. And OBM usually recommends the course of action and what they can do for you. And um, that's that's my role. Um, I specialize in systems and uh, strategy. So something that I do is kind of come in the business and see where the business is at, analyze, uh, do a lot of uh, data-driven decisions, and then implement the course of action, how we can grow the business. And usually it's the OBM is a growth-oriented role, whether VA is usually something that's more of a um, admin tasks, uh, checking emails, organizing calendar management, responding to the clients, um, social media management, data entry. Um, it could be also, you know, maybe booking your flights and organizing some other aspects of your life. And so definitely a lot of customer service, whether the OBM is more of a project management and again, growth oriented role where um, I manage the team. And, you know, I'll just speak about your business because I know your listeners like transparency in case uh, um, use cases. So what I do for Pola is project management. I do team management, um, onboarding, offboarding, organizing and refining the operational systems and also advising on some of the systems that we can use in the business. 
just again to simplify some of the operations so you can focus on your book, podcast, retreats, your cosmic business lab and other, you know, offerings. Yeah, no, a lot of times OBM also do financial management, though we're not financial specialists, we can do some advising and um, like forecasting and overseeing budgets as well. That's so great. Yeah. So tell us more. Like, I know for me, I reached a place where, you know, I had a VA and the VA had the VA meaning a virtual assistant. If you hadn't picked up on that yet, (laughs) that was really helping me take tasks off my plate and take care of that customer service piece and doing admin. She was even doing some writing of standards of process. What is it called? SOPs. Yes. (laughs) Standards standards of operations or something like the the little step-by-step guides of how you do things inside the business, which are so important. And that's sometimes a VA does that. Sometimes an OBM does that, right? So I knew that I needed somebody to do like a little bit more high-level work with me and to do what you said, which is to initiate and actually notice things and, and get things done. Because as a person with ADHD, it's like really hard. Like I'm holding the vision, I'm selling and I'm delivering. And that's basically what I can handle with a few little things here and there. But if I didn't have that support, I feel like, you know, this whole thing could crumble. (laughs) So maybe you can talk about like where you see people get like, where are they in business when they need this kind of support? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really great question because um, I feel like most of the businesses can use the help of VA, but not everybody's ready for OBM hiring. And also financially as well, financial piece is definitely a big part of it. And I'll get to it because OBM usually works on retainers. So like my retainers are three months minimum because it really takes me at least a month to understand where the business is at. And I'm not just doing the cookie cutter strategy or solution for everybody. It's going to be a different solution for someone who's a parent versus someone who's not a parent. It's going to be a different solution for somebody who's in a growth phase or somebody who's just establishing the business. So how I see it is that every business has three functions. So it's a leading, it's managing, and it's doing. So in your business, for example, you're leading. I cannot lead in your business, but I can manage your business, right? And then the VA or someone who does social media, that's the doing part. So and to get to that place, usually that's like year two and three, where first of all, of course, we're all bootstrapping and figuring out a lot of things in our business. You have to try all these roles to understand that, okay, I'm ready to delegate. So delegating mindset is actually a big piece of it, that you have to be ready to actually delegate in your business. And um, a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of companies that are really successful, they actually have a formula of two people. So one is the visionary and the second one is integrator. So a lot of big companies have that formula where somebody's holding the big vision and someone's helping out to balance the crazy ideas. And, you know, (laughs) usually integrate as someone who's a little bit down to earth and pragmatic. That's usually my role because I don't necessarily have an aspiration of shining on big stages on or, you know, having my own podcast, but I do enjoy growing the businesses and working with people, helping them out with systems and supporting it in the background. So I would say the main factor is is that you have a proven business model, you have the revenue, and I would say like early six figures usually is the case. So if you're bringing 10K plus, usually it's a safe place for you to get an OBM. And you have to be ready to have allocated, you know, allocated time when you can onboard this person and train them and really spend the time with them because you need to really show them what you're hoping for, what are the values in your business. So they become an extension of you, especially if you're hoping to hire a team in the future. So I think we've done it really well that we spent some time together first, like three, four months working before we started onboarding and adding more people to the list. So I would say, yeah, just being able to allocate the time. So maybe don't bring the OBM when you're just in the middle of big launch, because you're not going to be able to really like hold them and onboard them as well. Because every business is different and we need a little time to understand where the business is at. So I would say delegating mindsets, making sure you're making 10K plus ideally. Uh, You, of course, can bring an OBM earlier than that, maybe more in consulting role. But we as OBMs also look for the clients that are going to be able to sign a retainer with us like three months plus. It doesn't mean that you can bring an OBM. You could like in maybe consulting or like VIP day or, you know, just per project. Uh, I think that's a good way. But it's safe to say that you have to be early six figures probably to bring an OBM. 
Yeah, I think it's good to think about it too as a way of doing an assessment, like have a VIP day and see where the the inroads can be. And then maybe like a lot of my people, I've taught them how to use an envelope system to plan for these things. Like when I was going to hire my first person, I started putting money away into an envelope within that system as an aspiration tool. So you could do a VIP day with somebody who's an OBM, they could come and look within your systems and give you tips about like what could be done better. And then maybe like in two months, you could bring them on and have them do those things. So that might be a way to do it aspirationally. Absolutely. And I agree. And also, you also have to be open to a new perspective and also finding someone who resonates with your business as well, or maybe has a specialty like in wellness or in systems or maybe marketing or something else that would really uplift you. So you want to bring somebody who complements some of your skills. And some of the most valuable assets that we have as entrepreneurs is time. So you want to bring someone who you know is going to save you time. And often we need to think in our business, who, not how, who can you bring in your business uh, rather than figuring out yourself? Because there's always a new shiny app on the market. There's always a new platform. You can do things better, but it doesn't mean that you have to try them all because somebody already did it because somebody already spent hours of their time and they're passionate like for like myself. I love trying new platforms. I sign up for every free you know, trial that I can find out there so I can test it out and bring it to my clients and offer a solution that I have tried myself. It would work for them. And I would say past, uh, past like four years, right before the pandemic, the tech needs really spiked for OBM. And I came from more of a consulting role. And then I've seen a lot of uh, requests to have tech tutorials or tech uh, support. And that's why I became an OBM. So I, I create, uh, created services where I can do consulting and OBM together. I love this. And so as I have seen, I've been in the role of like, oh my gosh, how do you even start with this hiring process? I mean, I think I want to back up and just say like, this is something my coach Liz Kimball talks to me a lot about, about multipliers. So like, what is a multiplier for you? It could totally be something you, you know, like for me going on retreat as a multiplier, it doesn't make any sense. But when I go on retreat, my business succeeds. I have new clients. I have like influx of cash, like just, it just happens. So I have to just trust that. And so for me, an obvious multiplier for like magnificently multiplying was to get a VA. I think it's hard when you're on the side of having have not having had that support before to understand how that support actually translates to you getting to be in your zone of genius more and really supporting you as a visionary. I think there's like some self-love in making that decision. And there's also like, yes, save for that position, but you also kind of have to leap before the parachute is there a little bit. So you have to find your comfort zone in there. Do you have anything to say about that before we go into the hiring process? Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk about the hiring process. I think a lot of this refers to traction, Gina Wakeman, and I'm sure we can add it to the show notes. It's such a great book. And as you're going through the hiring process and really business process, the three books that I would recommend is definitely Essentialism, Traction, and also by the same author, it's um, Rocket Fuel. That's specifically about the integrator and the visionary role. Because when you're a visionary, you're not supposed to do a lot of things that the integrator would do so much better. So finding the right person, and that speaks to, again, the traction concept of the right seeds and the right people. You have to understand what are the seeds first. So in your case, you're like, okay, well, I can delegate this, this, and this. So that starts creating a seed for the VA or then potentially an OBM to come in. And then you have to write, find the right people, right? And the finding right people. And we'll speak a little bit more about it when we um, talk about the forms that we created for people to fill up. And it was like crafted specifically to find the right people is the right people should get it and they should want it and they should have capacity to do it. So like you want to find somebody who who gets it. So like he, they get your business, they get your values, they understand your model with, you know, providing for people in need. And so they have to really get it and they also have to want it. Right. So they have to want to be on the team that creates longevity, because as we know, onboarding and onboarding takes so much time and money and energy. It took us probably, what, two months to finish the whole process. And, and I think we've done really well, but it could be longer than that and it can cost money. So again, we wanted to find the people who want to be a part of the team and we'll get to the questions in a moment. But, and then the last thing, of course, capacity to do with skills and um, other, you know, personality traits. So I feel like we, <laughs> we've done pretty good with the hiring process because we did find two people who matched those two, I mean, three criteria. 
it's kind of important to like back up mm-hmm. and to say like initially what I had in my business was a VA that my colleague Veronica Romney calls a Frankenstein role where you've kind of com- brought together a lot of different things with somebody who may not do really well in certain aspects of their job because not everybody is a unicorn. Like a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we start out like being able to do everything. Not that we should do everything, but like we're getting our hands in all the pots. And so when I handed off my role to my first VA, she was just taking on tasks right and left from the customer service realm, from social media, from admin, like we were just doing a lot of different things. And she really excelled at customer service. That was her zone of genius. And so when I I knew when we were going to hire someone that we were going to split off all of those social media tasks, and we were going to keep the, the customer service and admin tasks separate for the VA that we were going to hire. And there would be some other projects in there too, that would, you know, we could increase capacity. But then also the social media would be a separate role. And we would increase capacity there because there was some resistance in the previous VA to continue to learn or, you know, push herself beyond. And it's totally fine because she didn't have to do that, you know? So we made that decision. And I just want to say like, when this hiring process started, it started right after I returned from India. And my VA basically said, I need to, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, Oh my gosh, the holidays are almost here. I'm about to go on a retreat again. And you literally just said to me, this is the perfect time. It's all going to work out. I just want to emphasize... And she wasn't just joshing me. Like You meant it. And, and it was the perfect time. It worked out from this side. It worked out perfectly. We have, just the, we have the greatest team. We have uh, you know, great people now that we're working with. So I just want to say like having someone involved in this process to kind of hold your hand. Because if I had to do this myself, it would have taken a lot of bandwidth. And it would have taken time away from my client delivery, from my sales process, which is what keeps the whole business running. So I'm going to kind of cede the floor to you to kind of start about talking about like what we did in order to make this more smooth. And you know, I, I'm really happy to hear that because this is kind of like the OBM work in its finest. You just you see the opportunity and you can see the I'm working on the business that's not necessarily mine, right? That's your business. So I am involved, but I'm also not attached in the same way. So it helps to have the person who not only has been through similar um, times in the business and also sees an opportunity of shifting things in a team um, because the same, you know, I'm a mother. So when I I buy uh, clothes for my kids, I I give it a little bandwidth, right? So the same way when you hire somebody, you need to give it a little bandwidth knowing that they're going to be growing, right? Your business is going to be growing. So I feel like when your business has grown tremendously in the past two years and the role that uh, your previous VA have been doing has grown so much and not everybody's cut out or is passionate about the same things as you are or tech savvy the same way. And, and that's okay. What we've done is, um, let me see where I want to start with this, with the hiring process. Well, first of all, we, we broke down the role and what exactly we hope to find. And so I'm going to speak specifically about the VA role because we had a whole different process for another role. But specifically for VA, we just envisioned first and strategized where do you want the business to be in two, three years and how this role can be supporting? Like what are the must qualities and skills that we need to have in the person to find the right fit for you so that most importantly, the person can stay because the previous VA um, has been with you for two and a half years. That's a really amazing. Um, it speaks a lot to you as a leader. It speaks a lot to the business and just uh, sustain sustainability of the business. And so we were hoping to find somebody who can stay for a while. And just to say, we kind of upgraded into an EA role, so an executive assistant. So this is a person who's doing some VA tasks, but they're also really supporting me. So that was kind of the mindset shift that we we had there. Yeah. So again, the first thing we just did is we separated it in the tech position and social media and then clients facing an EA. So that's became two roles because we knew both are going to grow. And especially if we put the right people again, the right seats and the right people. And then so we've done first is uh, we 
consulted our best friend ChatGPT about the role descriptions and some of the things that we can um, add there specifically for the EEA role. And then, of course, we added it um, and then we added some details. And I think this is like one of the tips I can give to people who are posting. Just be very specific. Don't be afraid to post how many hours. Don't be afraid to post how, uh, what's the compensation and be as clear as possible. Vet as many people as possible, especially if you do have a following, if you know their response, it's going to be really big. So we've done pretty um, amazing description, very clear what exactly the role entails, what are we expecting. And then we posted, first we posted a social media uh, post in the newsletter. And within a few days, we've had almost 50 applicants. Basically, then the post led people to the form and the form was uh, full with questions. It was pretty extended form. So in the next stage, basically, was for people to fill up the form to submit a video, just a little hello intro, because it's really important for us because it's a client uh, facing role. We wanted to see people just feel them out and how they speak, how they express themselves, just like energetically, it's really important for the business. And then the last part was submitting the resume, which we went through every single thing. And <laughs> for two months, we've been, you know, really diligent. And, you know, to everybody who applied, if you guys are listening, we, we went through every single thing uh, in complete honesty. And we really appreciated the tremendous response and the quality of applicants were really um, blown away with quality of people. I know. I just want to say, like, if we didn't reach back out to you, it, it is no way in a reflection that we didn't appreciate what you sent in. We really did. I think we were just blown away by the caliber of the people submitting applications. And there were a lot of factors that you don't see or maybe know about <laughs> that go into making this decision. Um, and one thing I want to add, or two things, actually, we really, in the job description, we really talked about the values of the business and we wanted to invite somebody who shared those values. And that was like one of the top things. And I got such overwhelming response. Like so many of you shared how the the brand and how like what we do influences you. And I literally was brought to tears watching your videos. I watched all of them like in a row and I was just like, oh my gosh, I was overwhelmed by just how much love. I was like receiving all of the love from you all and it fuels me to keep going. So I just, I want to say, I really, really appreciate that. Another tool that we used, which I'm going to talk about more, I'm sure you've heard it elsewhere on the internet. But when I posted this on social media, we used ManyChat, which is a chat bot to deliver the link. So we used a word or, you know, like a two word thing. I can't remember hire or job or something like that. And people put the word in the chat. And then they received a link in their DMs. And so I think that really helped kind of get the link in people's hands and get them to take the next step. So I wanted to add those two pieces if yeah. you're looking for like a hot tip. <laughs> yeah, that's really important. And also because for Paul, it was important to understand the astrology and the match as well. We included also the uh, full date of birth. Uh, and you'll, <laughs> I'm sure you'll speak to that piece as well <laughs> and how much, uh, what role it plays in our decision. But yeah, so we um, so people filled up the form. We set the deadline because this was important. We only had it open for like a week or so. And then so we set the deadline. About 50 people applied. So it was pretty, um, pretty full with amazing answers. And then the next things we've done is um, we've um, collected everything. Everything was going automatically in Google Drive. So I've created a, a separate Google Drive folder where all the responses, all the videos were coming in. It was easy to export all the answers if I needed. And what I've done for tracking everything is I've done an applicant summary Excel sheet with, you know, everybody's names. And we uh, and I think that was a really fun part because both of us have watched everything and we've been rating people or just, you know, taking taking notes on some of the strong points or maybe something that we want to ask them about um, additional questions we might have. So then from the 50 people, we chose uh, 12 people to the round two and we invited everybody to um, have a personal interview with us. And we held uh, 20, 25 minute interviews. We had quite a few <laughs> interviews. It took us two weeks to go through everybody. I must say to book the interview, I just set the Calendly link that was automatically going into our uh, Google Drive, uh, Google Calendar. And uh, we chose, uh, I think we've done three days and we batched it four at a time because it, you know, it definitely takes a lot of energy to, to talk to people to really understand. And I think four at a time was a really good number for us. So we did three days, four at a time. 
And then based on that, we also uh, put some ratings and ideas and questions. And then we picked five people after that for the last rounds. And what we decided to do is we actually send them uh, in OBM world. We often call this a dating project. So a mini project that should only take maybe like an hour at a time to complete. And we gave them different ideas of how to craft an email or to respond uh, to the customer with a certain question. And then we've done a research and podcast where Paula can be pitching, which was also a really great idea because you can really see the knowledge of the industry and who uh, people chose and how they structured it. That was a really cool part to see how everybody put the system and made the system around it or maybe rated people or put the key uh, person in their email. So that was really revealing how people analyze data, how they communicate, uh, the turnarounds, and also gives you a taste of, you know, what, what would be look, you know, what would be to work with this person as well. And just to say about the astrology, it's very important to me, first of all, that the person has the capabilities, that they are, you know, a good fit in all of these regards that Senia just described. But also, I was looking at the astrology to make sure, if, especially for a role where somebody's going to be supporting me, that there is some alignment between the two of our charts. It was very difficult if, if those alignments weren't there for me to decide to move forward. So what are those alignments? You know, there's a harmony between the rising signs. There's like in planetary periods that are in alignment. You know, I'm in Sati Sati. So ideally, the, that person maybe not in Sati Sati, you know, like having Saturn influencing their moon. Like there were just little decisions, but it wasn't like I said, oh, you're in Sati Sati. So I'm not going to work with you. It was more just like, okay, taking that into consideration, right? Along with the whole other scope of the chart. And then making a, a decision that was best for me and for Dr. Subota, because this person would be working within my business with both of us. And so we were looking at both of our charts and this person's chart. Yeah, I just want to add that. And the things that I was mostly looking at, again, as an implementer, um, all the questions on the form were related to their uh, related experience, to knowledge of the brands, because it was really important for us to find somebody who understands the brands or maybe have been following or passionate about Ayurveda or astrology or business. And then for myself also to understand their work ethic, their tech skills, and also long-term goals, just so we understand so the person can stay with the brand for a while, at least, you know, a year and a half, two years, ideally, or maybe longer. And so we've definitely communicated to the applicants that there's a possibility to grow with the brands and to bring your ideas um, implemented so you can receive more hours and potentially more pay very soon. So we provided as much information as possible. And I think uh, the response was pretty amazing. And also what we've done is after we had five people responding back uh, with all the dating projects, we also rated everything. We took some notes and then we came down to the top two, which, uh, gosh, I mean, even getting to the five was a really tough choice. But it was so hard. But yes, getting <laughs> to top two was even harder. And I think it really speaks to the process that we've had with uh, applications and questions and really the quality. We've really vetted a lot of people on the way. Perhaps there's way more people applying than 50. Maybe half of the people decided not to fill it up. And um, so we, we definitely um, vetted a lot of really incredible people. And so we've had uh, a final call with two people to understand a little bit deeper into how this would look for them. Yeah, it was a hard choice, but I think we've we've done pretty well. The only thing that I would change next time is that the last rounds, because we had a pretty tight timeline, uh, went to hire. We kind of spaced the days when people were interviewed too far. The last day was a little far, so I would just bring it a little bit closer. So it's, it was a little easier to make decision. And so the last round of people would have a little bit more time to do the dating project. But I think otherwise it was really smooth and we found our people. Um, and I think we found the right people for the right seats. <laughs> yeah, totally. Some people listening might be like, oh, I'm intrigued. Maybe I want to be an OBM or maybe I want to be in this kind of support role. You know, like you are an entrepreneur, Senia. So maybe you can speak to like, how do you get started as an OBM or how do you know if you would make a good OBM? Like what kind of qualities do you think make you know that you don't want to just be pursuing your business solely, you want to be like in other people's businesses. Which is also, that's my business in a way, right? Like I picked the way that I want to be supporting people. So I um, 
just to like rewind and go back in time. So I, um, I was born and raised in Russia. I moved to the States when I was 18. And because I had a background in sports, I decided that the wellness industry will be a good way for me to start, uh, start a career. And so I started working in wellness uh, facilities and training, doing sales, operations, management. I worked in the wellness industry for, for a while until I went to Burning Man for the first time in 2013. And this is actually where we met. By- Little known fact, we were, we were camping at a friend's camp and we both are friends with this person, but we didn't know each other. So the, we met there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, you know, Burning Man changed, uh, that's a cliche story, but I <laughs> changed the, the way my life was uh, going. And, you know, it really brought me to understand that wellness is not just taking care of your body, but really taking care of your spirits, of your community, of your finances, and some more holistic approach. And then in 2015, I became a part of the project in San Francisco that's called the Center of I played a pivotal role in organizing and managing and creating a, a program at the space. So in 2016, started people started coming to me and asking questions about how to organize their business and how, uh, you know, nonprofits uh, coming to me with different organizational development questions and uh, productivity. So I never really thought I'm going to be a coach or consulting people. But because of such a unique uh, business experience and hands on experience, I decided to start coaching and, you know, uh, taking some money for it. And it went pretty good. And then year 2020, I'm now no longer a part of the center and I, um, COVID happens. The world shut down two days after my wedding and I had twin boys in, <laughs> in the summer. That is, that is so funny because the world shut down like five days after my wedding. <laughs> so we got married like the same week. That's wild. <laughs> well, our anniversaries are coming up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then uh, I gave birth to twin boys. So um, my event production experience and work was no longer possible for many reasons. So I decided to heavily lean on consulting and some of the work that I've been doing, but because being a mom and being a sole entrepreneur is already really isolating and challenging role. I decided to really dedicate my business to helping myself and others to um, have successful businesses, but not struggling so much and just creating systems and optimizing things. I feel like systems and productivity and organization is just my love language. It's something that I do naturally. It's somewhat one of those gifts that come to me really naturally. And uh, I've been seen and recognized by people and by my potential clients uh, for that. So from 2016, I barely had to market my services because I just was known for that. And I had a really great platform and, you know, experience. On a side note, uh, for those who are into human design, this was kind of, I'm a projector. So that's my, (laughs) my strategy to be invited. So I've been pretty much most of that time uh, invited into helping other projects and businesses. And then so I've been consulting for for a while. And then, like I said, around 2020, when COVID began, everybody was on computers, technology was booming and social media was booming. And people started coming to me specifically with tech related questions. And I still, still did the consulting, but I wanted to add another service or like a branch in my business where I can help people to do hands on work, like a lot of hand holding, uh, more of a accountability work with people as they're building their businesses or they're feeling stuck and they need to go to the next um, chapter of their business. So that's how I, you know, also myself found out about OBM work. And I've started Googling and of course, you know, looking on YouTube and I found some people who are even explaining what this is and difference between the VA and OBM. I have considered the school, the OBM school. And for those who don't have the prior experience, I think that's a good way to go. Um, Sarah No Kid and OBM school, I think it's a really great resource. She has an, a lot of amazing videos, free videos online, and it's a really great resource. But because I've had an experience and I've had the tech skills, I decided not to do the school, but just to try things myself. And, you know, it worked out really well. So I would say a lot of people naturally become OBMs because they've been doing VA work for a while and they just they feel like they've gained a lot of experience and knowledge and they can be more in initiative in the business. So then they become OBM, they start charging more, they market themselves uh, differently. But for those who have the skills and experience in building businesses, I think OBM is a fantastic role. And I think it's a really great opportunity because you get to work on other businesses and you get to create an impact and you help them out. And also it's very flexible. It's really great for moms. A lot of moms are doing this. (laughs) Totally. I just talked to somebody yesterday who's in like a Voxer 
group, like a networking group. It's actually for all projectors, but she also does that. She helps train up moms to be OBMs and VAs. <laughs> so that's awesome. So tell me this, because we were talking before we jumped on about productivity. As you know, like spaciousness and centering health is like a big part of what we're trying to do in the brand and help others do. And so how has your relationship to productivity changed? And like, how can this, you know, integrating OBMs into your business, like having better systems, essentially, is what I'm talking about? How does that play in? Yeah, that's a great question. I uh, It definitely changed a lot, and especially after becoming a mother. Um, so when I moved to the States, I lived in San Francisco, which is obviously a, a, a world center of productivity and go, go, go and hustle mentality and people. It's a really great place to be in your 20s, but obviously your adrenals are not not um, not meant to last forever. So I've definitely experienced severe burned out. Um, I would say 2018, 2019 was probably the highest, the peak of my burnout because I've, after working at the center and producing um, over a thousand events in four years, I burned out quite significantly. I also saw that uh, I have to be building the business that will be sustainable without myself involved. So that was a big uh, lesson. But specifically after burnout, I um, I was in the middle of a uh, breakup and making big financial and business decision. I decided to uh, go to Vision Quest and get some clarity on my life and my purpose and uh, what am I supposed to do. And I feel like I was just brought to my knees and not feeling lost, feeling lost in life and that I needed some higher guidance. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people have these profound visions and uh, beautiful dreams, which was definitely a part of my vision quest. But the biggest medicine that I've received, and I can share now about it because it's been quite a few years since then, was that my productivity and how I live is a form of addiction. And um, staying busy and, you know, when people ask me um, how you're doing, I would say, oh, busy, busy. And then I started noticing that and I started noticing that I just, it's, it's a form of uh, modern day addiction and that I needed to shift that and relate to myself differently. And so... And especially knowing that I wanted to have kids, I wanted to start my family and it's not a good place to start my family if my nervous system was already fried. So I had to shift things in my business and how I prioritize and how I take care of myself um, and also hire a coach myself and just help me to speak with someone to outline what's priority, what's not priority. And yeah, definitely after becoming a mother, that's, you know, your DNA just changes instantly and productivity and motherhood and <laughs> control. That's definitely been a, a big, big lesson for myself to let go of control and to let go of the same ways and expectations, how I work and show up for my clients. And also becoming an OBM and working for myself was honestly the only way I saw myself working. I couldn't see myself working nine till five, um, having twin boys twin kids, you know, they get sick, something happens, someone's not happy. And so the way, again, I wanted to align my work and my motherhood with my values and uh, breastfeeding for as long as I can was a part of my values. And I wanted to stay at home and be close to my kids. But also, it's important for me to have an outlet for my work, for my ideas, for my sharp minds that if I don't have that outlet, it can really become a really um, hurtful, you know, I hurt myself, I, I'm not kind to myself. So I, I had to have that outlet and creativity for myself. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your questions, but it definitely evolves a lot. I'm curious if there are specific things that you could suggest, like, you know, within the systems of your business, like, are there ways that you would suggest people start thinking about this more strategically? Great question. I would say if you're just starting the business, I would say create good systems from very starts, organize all your tasks, all your files, all your emails in marketing operations and finance, for example, have the time blocks, you know, time blocking really saved my life so many times when I have too much on my plate. I would say time block yourself three, four hours per task or per category of tasks to accomplish the most because I used to believe that multitasking is, I'm really good at multitasking. But in fact, there's no such a thing as multitasking. There's only task switching. And it's proven that we waste a lot of time in between the tasks because we're just shifting. And um, so there's no such a thing as multitasking, I believe. 
So I would say time blocking, arranging your, um, like really aligning your work days and your big meetings or maybe some contracts or maybe some work endeavors with your moon cycle. So I'm in the middle of moon cycle right now. I feel pretty good and I, I know I can show up and be more outwards, but I know like in two weeks, this is not going to be a good time for me to record a podcast and enjoy it as much as I do right now. So I would say just knowing yourself, really get to know yourself, especially if you're a woman, knowing your own cycles. Because we have different cycles than men, you know, hormonally, moon-related. And also knowing yourself, what really helped me is knowing myself in my astrology and my human design to understand how my energy works and how I can create the systems that are really personal to me. And that's what I work with clients with, just really understanding who they are, what they want, which stage of the business they are. One more thing I would add for the systems is if you are along, you know, maybe like two, three years um, in in your business, this is a really good time to like prune and simplify and don't be afraid to let something go. And this is where the OBM comes in. They're really good because they're not attached to your business. They're going to ask a lot of questions and make an assessment of what works, what doesn't. And to me, like if something works, double down on that. If something doesn't work, let's say you have, you created a service that hasn't been sold, there's no reason to keep it unless you're not marketing it. <laughs> well, that's a, but that's a different question. So I would say there's always room for simplifying, you know, like, like a garden, you know, there's always something needs to be pruned. Something is going to be blooming. Something just doesn't grow really well together. So there's, you know, we can, <laughs> we can get a lot of <laughs> analogies from the garden, but I, yeah, bringing somebody in is always a good idea because I like how you always say you can't really see the label when you're inside of the jar, right? So the same way when you bring in a coach or OBM or maybe even a skilled VA, they can ask you the right questions. Yeah, totally. I have a few rapid fire questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) What is one piece of advice that has really helped you in your life? Well, the one thing just came up uh, is actually for business, business related, was that if you can't measure, you can't manage. Mm. Yeah, that really helped me out a lot. That is really good. And we're working on more of that Mm -hmm. in my business, which I appreciate. And I just want to say for those out there, you know, who feel like they're disorganized, it may just be that you don't have time to do everything. So you don't have to feel bad about that. Like, it's really great to have someone come in and help you organize, you know, (laughs) and especially do that before you've been like in business for several years, and you've made a huge mess like I have. (laughs) So okay, so the next one is, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what does it consist of? Well, uh, the same way my productivity <laughs> evolved over the years, my morning routine also evolves over the years. Uh, you know, five, uh, six years ago when I didn't have kids, uh, it was like a two, three hours of yoga and tea and meditation and wearing my kimono and twirling around the kitchen, <laughs> drinking smoothies and charging myself as much as I can before I show up. You know, and obviously now I have twin toddlers and things are very much different. So usually uh, I wake up a little bit earlier than the kids if I um, didn't have a late night, which I am. I'm an owl. I really like staying up. I have a lot of uh, creativity to like 11 p.m. or so. But I usually wake up in the morning and just take care of my face, my, you know, just my my body first. I love taking a shower in the morning just to really like rinse everything out. Um, stretching and spine um, exercises have been really helpful because I sit a lot for my work. So I do like to wake up my spine and just do some breathing exercises. But a lot of times it's um, I actually sleep and then my kids crawl in my beds and we snuggle and they bring some bananas sometimes in bed. <laughs> but yeah, and then my morning routine is very much around their school time and, you know, packing them for school. But what is always a part of my routine is definitely gua sha in the morning just to like wake up my face and just help with some puffiness if there's puffiness. Um, I do like adaptogens, so I do take some lion's mane to just charge my my mind, my brain. I do like to uh, take some tinctures like CBD. What's always, regardless of the day and what time I wake up, tea is always a part of my day. I drink coffee for many years. Um, it just doesn't make me feel good. But tea, some good poir or red teas, and that's something that I really love. It makes me feel really alive. So I would say if you're, you know, hoping to find the uh, morning routine, is just whatever makes you alive. Uh, do that even for a couple minutes. That really helps me really much. <laughs> Yeah. So you mentioned three books, which maybe you can mention again. We'll keep, we'll put those in the show notes. And then also, is there anything else that you're reading right now that's exciting for you? 
Well, I'm rereading the the rocket fuel. Uh, that's I. Every time I read, I find something else. I I think it's really really incredible. And for those who want to bring people on the team, especially for established businesses, it's really the key read. And you don't have to read Traction by Gina Wickman to read Rocket Fuel. I think it's a really really incredible book to understand who you need to bring that can complement your skills and really bring your business to the next level. Essentialism I mentioned I've read a couple times, and again, it's a really incredible book for everybody. Yeah, that's that's what I'm reading. I really love a good business read. E-Myth is next one <laughs> on the list. Yeah, so those are the main ones. Any fun like fiction or spiritual books that you love that you always return to? <laughs> well, I have like the whole collection behind me now. I feel like Living in San Francisco, like 2013, 2019, I feel like I've taken so many workshops and read so many books that I had to like pause and step back for a little bit to enjoy it as much because I feel like, um, yeah, self-help and self-work could be also um, an addiction in a way. And I feel like I've experienced some of that and I just had to step back. But I've uh, worked with someone who taught native uh, pathways and, you know, life ways and uh, ceremonies. So I really enjoyed reading a lot of native inspired um, storybooks and Starhawk is always a really good book. You know, I've um, studied permaculture with Starhawk. So I really always like Starhawk's um, books. One thing though, I, as I, as I'm thinking as, cause I know we're wrapping up, I think it's really important to mention if you're hiring and creating a form for um, applicants, what we also have done, we've um, created a form and a few questions that you can actually use it as a marketing research. And so we we ask people about the brands and what else would they want to see in the brands. Um, and I think that was really fruitful. Yeah, that's a hot tip yeah. for anyone. Yeah. Awesome. Tell us how, how people can connect with you online and find out more about your work. Yeah. So I'm at KseniaDurwin.com. And Instagram, also Xenia Derwin. To spell that, you probably would want to <laughs> look at the, at the show notes. It's a pretty interesting name and the last name combines. But uh, yeah, just go on my website, check out the freebies that I have. Because I'm pretty full right now on OBM uh, retainers, I do work with people on a VAP day basis, per project, you know, mentorships or consultations. Also, if you just want to uh, learn more about how to be an OBM, what it entails, if you need a mentor to do that, feel free to also message me on Instagram or send me a DM um, on the website. Awesome. Thank you so much for your generosity and just for sharing this process. Yeah. And also just for supporting me and making sure that Weave Your Bliss is set up for this next phase of growth. So yeah. I'm just well, so grateful. That. Fun. We've been having fun working together. And that's like really as you hire somebody, hire somebody who you want to hang out with, who you want to be next to and who you trust. Like it's really comes down to trust. Totally. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cosmic Business Podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review for us so other spirit-led entrepreneurs can find out about us. I want to thank Team Podcast for production support on this podcast, as well as the musicians of the music that we're listening to now, Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantu Ledesma, from an album Fragments of a Season, which you can check out wherever you listen to music. I hope you have a wonderful day and I look forward to connecting with you on a future episode.